Go to MyEverydayDope.com for merchandise, episodes, and to keep up with the dopeness. Oh, yeah. Everyday Dope. The ones who enhance the flow. You know them Bruce Lee Roars and possess the glow. Yo, you're the last dragon, so you're good to go. You're giving back to the world or why you're crushing your gold. See, you ain't got to see it. You can just be it. You're the streets hope. Yeah, God told me you're dope. And you're here just to give us some pearls. We appreciate that so we can share with the world. See, you ain't got to see it. You can just be it. You're the streets hope. Yeah, God told me you're dope. Dope to dope to dope dope. You're dope. Dope to dope to dope. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to Everyday Dope, the podcast about dope people who do dope things. And when do they do these dope things? Well, quite frankly, they do them every day. I'm your host, Mr. Sheffield. Today's guest is going to be Kobla Tate. He's the CEO and co-founder of Break the Box. He's a bona fide music producer. And when it comes to dopeness, quite frankly, he just does whatever he wants. How are you doing today, Kobla? I am doing excellent. I am over here just finished eating my breakfast. <laughs> Had some oatmeal, some eggs, some egg whites because you know I'm about that uh, workout life. Uh, and then I'm about to uh, go partake after I finish conversing with you. Partake <laughs> in this pool because it's a little warm out here, even though I might be inside. But you know what I mean? Go get this exercise. So that's about it. I'm doing good. Egg whites and oatmeal, bro. That sounds like you swole. Hey, you need to settle down. Look, <laughs> why are you judging? What I'm eating, this don't have nothing to do with anything. First of all, you're supposed to be eating food. The fact that I'm eating should be, you, you should be over here saying congratulations. Be grateful that you had some oatmeal and some food in your belly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. I'm, judging, I'm going to tell you. My, uh, what's funny is that one of my homeboys, when I was training for a competition one time, they was like, bro, all you eat is rock. I like, shut up, man. I eat it. You know, Nobody like, eating no damn rocks. It's got to be some consistency, right? You know, in yeah, order right. to, you know, it's got, it's like Shannon Sharp eats the same thing every day. You know, the eggs and the oranges, you know, so. I, I thought he ate oatmeal. He doesn't there eat oatmeal. Is, oh yeah, there is some oatmeal in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. But he and like. Shannon Sharp looked look great for his age. He's 250 all muscle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, he, he looks great for his age. He looks great. You know, I don't know if I'm going to look like that at 50. I still like gummy bears. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it twisted now. I got some ice cream in the refrigerator. Don't think that just because somebody ripped up that they don't got, you know, little nuances and things they eat. I got gummy bears in the pantry. I got some cookies and cream ice cream in the refrigerator. People just don't think you eat it, but damn that. Damn that. Oh, listen, sir. I know about you and your tips treats. Oh, here we you go. Put me yeah, on. I bought some for you. you. Didn't I buy on. some for you? You put me on. Yeah, I bought you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I thought. Okay, all right. I'll just check. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're going to start you off with the same question we ask everybody else that comes to Everyday Dope. What's your definition of dope? So my my definition of dope is probably selflessness Mm. with a combination of community. Like, I think it's coming to the realization that all of us are actually, like, connected. Mm -hmm. We're all the same people. And once you learn that, then your motivation and your meaning behind the things you do are for not only yourself, but knowing that doing them for yourself is also doing that for other people. And I think if that's always your goal in order to give and be selfless and be a servant, then uh, then you're dope all the way around because uh, it, it doesn't do anything but benefit not only yourself, but everybody else. So I, I would call that dope. Ah, selflessness. I like it. Um, cause yeah. I, I, you know, I know about your story with Break the Box and you, know, mm-hmm. you had this roommate like, hey, I don't need your money. 
you know, yeah. but but if you you give a certain amount and then buy your house within the year, that's what I need for you, right? So yeah. break the box. It's a fund, and it's a fund about building black wealth through home ownership. Yeah. But I want to know what's the actual box that you're breaking. You know what's what's being broken here? <laughs> Is yeah. it a mindset? That's, that's a good. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good question. That's a great question. So you know, I have always been one that does not conform to the status quo. Uh, I don't care what you're talking about. If it don't make sense to me, then I'm not doing it. Um, and so when I look at the constructs of how you know just people get put in a box, like for instance, we just talk about you know what I'm eating for breakfast, and you put me in a in a in a weightlifting box or, right, or a swole you know, box, I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> right, a full box, right, right. But even like when I go to the gym, people are like, oh, did you used to play play you know football or whatever they they say that you know what I mean that's typically stereo. It is a stereotype, and I'm like, no. I did not. I played you know tennis I mean? though. Is, which, <laughs> I did play tennis though, which is a which is an attribute or something that I can, uh, you know, give praise to my parents about. But it's always like breaking the way that people think in terms of giving them another viewpoint and perspective, because that is ultimately how you grow. Distractions are how you grow. So when you put things in a box, it's typically because it's repetitious and it allows you to no longer process their thoughts. And you go about your day easier. But in order to learn, it has to be a distraction. So I always want to be a distraction that causes you to learn. So that uh, means breaking the box. Breaking the box is like when it comes to housing, you know what I mean? There's a major housing and, and wealth gap. So we got to break that construct. Whatever's doing, happening right now, that's not it. So it needs mm-hmm. to be different. What, thinking about the construct of how African-Americans think or African-Americans think and how that's tied back to slavery and how those things get passed down generationally through epigenetics beginning to break some of those cycles and break some of those habits of awareness. So long story short, I always feel like, I feel like everybody can win. And it is a, that's a viewpoint. That's a mindset. So whatever construct you thought it was, now nah, we're going to break that. We're going to do something different. So we're going to formulate a whole new construct. And even at that point in time, when we get very good at that, I'm saying break it again and continue to push yourself to go beyond that point. So you don't get stagnant and you say, Hey, we're, we're a billion dollar company. Yeah, let's revamp everything. He's like, are you crazy? Yeah, <laughs> call it what you want. You know what I mean? Call it what you want. But the point is to keep ourselves on our toes and keep pushing the envelope. And in order to do that, you got to break stuff. So if you're not going to conform. We're not going to stay in the box. We're always going to push the envelope. So that's what that's the concept. Now that's dope. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I saw somebody who said, um, you know, do the best you can. You know, until okay. until you know more, then do better. You know, okay. so it's like, oh, you know, I could walk, but I've mastered that. Maybe I should run or maybe I should yoga, yeah. you know, or, yeah. you know, maybe I should Tai Chi. You know, once I, yeah. the more and more I learn, the more and more I should be doing instead of even staying in that box. So you're talking yeah. about breaking these mindsets, these habits, um, especially in the African-American community and around yeah. home ownership. So with yeah. break the box. Tell me just how does it actually work? All right. So break the box works because there was a 2018 tax code that essentially was trying to get capital gains invested in designated areas in each city, state, et cetera. Governors of each state allocated areas that they said were an opportunity zone, but they fall in all those OZs fall uh, on other census tracts. So tracts that previously have had maybe low income housing tax credits, et cetera. Long story short, there are areas in the community that about 30% of the population are below the poverty line. Well, at the time, there was $7 trillion sitting on the sideline, uh, in between 6 and $7 trillion of capital gains sitting on the sidelines. And this was 
an incentive to get that investment into those neighborhoods and build those neighborhoods up. So that is the premise of, of the tax code and opportunity zones. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is an opportunity to pull black wealth and invest in basically our communities and then build them back up. But what I saw was different than what I thought was going to be actually done. So I saw people, typically people who have capital gains are of high net worth. And so those individuals were invested in our communities. They were, you know, they would buy a building, renovate the building, you know, I mean, put apartments in there or, you know, any lofts or anything of that nature. And then, you know, raise the property values and of course that's the rent, et cetera. But I was like that, I don't know if that's really helping the community. So I, I even wrote in a, in a document, I said, can you provide jobs? Can you add to the community and still not do things that are good for the community? And I said, absolutely. And that was an example. Like you go and you buy a building, you renovate it, you charge, you, now you got higher rent, you know, higher property taxes and you elevated the value of that, that property. But what about the other people that stay around there? So I was like, is there a way for that to happen or something of that line to happen and all of the community be able to benefit or all of the stakeholders? So I was trying to figure it out. And the first thought was come up with a contest to solicit the best ideas in the communities that were being impacted and then, you know, support and fund those ideas, mm. almost like a VC firm, et cetera. So when I presented that to the, to the lawyer, he was like, yeah, you might want to get something with a little bit more teeth. That's a little thin. I said, okay. So I was sitting in my office trying to figure out what to do. And uh, I was like, oh, you know, after a little while, I was like, oh, I, already, I have it already. I'm, I'm doing it right now with my roommate. If I can duplicate this, then I can get more African-Americans at home. And essentially we're in Austin, which is a high rent, rent high, you know, I mean, cost of living is, is, is going up. You know I mean? Property values continue to go up. Companies continue to move here. But African-Americans who sit in the, let's like, say the young professional space, they don't necessarily uh, have avenues to purchase homes because maybe they don't have a down payment. Traditionally credit doesn't work for us. We have more uh, loans than any other, you know, minority group, let alone group in the United States. So saving, you know, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars in order to put on a different payment or more mm-hmm. is not feasible, even when you're making a good amount of money. So I was like, that's a pocket that is untapped that represents a lot of money because I know a lot of young professionals who want to buy houses that don't, so they continue to rent. So long story short, I sat down. I was like, can we duplicate this process? Can we do something where we utilize the funds, which are which would be investment dollars of capital gains, and go purchase homes? and purchase those homes and sit on that equity for 10 plus years. And while we're sitting on equity at home, because we potentially have paid the total amount of the home off, and I can charge anybody whatever amount of rent I want to. So I bring a young professional African-American. I say, under you move into this house instead of the apartment that you're in. Now you have more space. For less than you were paying at the apartment, so now you can save. Under the stipulations that you also go through our program or a program that we assist you with, to get a home for no money down the closing costs. And that just made sense to me because I would do it. Because you would so do it, instance, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because I would do it. So, for instance, when I moved to Austin, I, I was paying about $1,900 in rent. So, wow. I, 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 had, I had a two-bedroom. So, But I was used to that because when I lived in Dallas before Austin, I was paying about 1800 But you, you've you been in that place. That was a great, that place was dope. That was a dope place. Right? Yeah, right. it was a really dope. dope place, yeah. You're right. So it was worth eighteen hundred, sir. Right, it was middle of downtown, et cetera. So paying that wasn't nothing. So now I'm paying nineteen hundred, and I I think I put down between seventy five thousand and ninety five thousand dollars on my house. 
So I'm thinking, okay, so you're telling me that I could have lived in more space than mm. I did with a two-bedroom. I could have paid less money. I could have put no money down on the house that I have currently. What? That's like a no-brainer. And all, <laughs> all the stipulations would be that I would potentially have to have a roommate that's doing the exact same thing, trying to also accomplish home ownership. There's no way I would. I would have. So you, if you presented it to me, I would have been like, what you need me to do? Cut the grass? What I got to do? Go, <laughs> right. Uh, I got to wash the dishes. Right. What yeah, gotta... what do you need me to do? Do I need to go to a local shelter and volunteer? I don't care. Yeah. Like, that's a that's a win-win. That's a win-win. Mm-hmm. Funny, funny, funny is when I present it to, you know, individuals who prospectively could utilize a product, uh, there's not one person that says no. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When I'm like, would you do this? Everybody says yes. Absolutely. Nobody says no. Yeah, because it just makes sense. Is there a, now the model uh, has to change a little bit when you go to different cities, but that that's the premise and that's why it was created. So uh, we have a nearly thirty percent home ownership gap, mm. and places like where you are, like the A, where you would think that there's home ownership is high, or Houston, where home ownership is high for African Americans, it's not. Mm. It's low. Like for instance, Houston's home ownership is like in the twenty eighth uh, percent, no twenty six, excuse me, twenty eighth percentile, maybe twenty ninth, and like uh, Dallas is like twenty six percent. African American home ownership in Atlanta might be 29, 30%. But it is not as high as you think it is. In the places where we're supposed to be, we supposedly are thriving, we do not own a lot of houses. And so that's just an opportunity for us to continue to close that gap. You know what I mean? And find other ways to continue to utilize that mechanism and that asset to continue to grow wealth. Because the other piece of the puzzle before, and then I'll stop talking, the other piece of the puzzle is a lot of our wealth is held in houses, right? So that's not a liquid asset. So when it comes time to potentially give your kids, a, a, you know, money for school or buy another house or whatever the case may be, if all of your wealth is held in, in the home as an asset, then it's very difficult to liquidate and continue to grow. So we even go beyond that. The first thing we teach to our apprentices is awareness and healing about why they feel the way they feel about money, kind of addressing past trauma, and then talk about home ownership. And then once we talk about home ownership, it's then how do you leverage that asset to continue to build liquidity so you can use that to have more flexibility and build well. So he's taking a little bit different approach. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's a great approach though. So, because you're you're building this wealth through being selfless, like you said early, earlier. Yeah. You, yeah. You know, I have a fund here that that's usable for young professionals or different types of folks of color. Now, is there a, yeah. is there a qualification process for this so at fund? The time, right, yeah, yeah, good question. So right now, it's just a matter of us doing interviews and seeing because you know, right now we're in like the safe round where we're we're raising money, but you know, these first couple of people that we have go through the program, they they essentially they got to make it through. They got to make it through. You know right. I mean? so, yeah, we don't want to have eight people and have like only two of them made it because mm. then that makes the product look like trash. <laughs> but, yeah. You, know I mean? you got so, to uh, have the numbers. <laughs> yeah, we got to act like the joint working. You know I mean? <laughs> right. uh, so, so you want to pick people. So like the first person who actually just moved in and who's like technically the second apprentice moved in yesterday. And so she was very uh, inquisitive. So it's almost like someone who's coachable. Like the person who's like, coach, I'm trying to get better at my shot. What should I do? And if that person keeps asking you and then you see them doing work, you're probably going to be like, yeah, I want that person. I want to help you. Right. Yeah, I want to help that person. So this second apprentice was doing just that. So they were like, hey, I'm very interested. This is how much I'm paying. What do I got to do? And begin to have conversations about budgeting, et cetera. And then, you know, me through various times, you always would reach out and ask questions. We're like, myself and my co-founder were like, I think that's the first apprentice. The mm. second one of my roommate that who just graduated to our own home uh, is technically the first apprentice. So now we're working on the second one. 
and we both were agreed. We we're like, that's the person. And we, we were like, yeah. So, you know, ironically enough, uh, we were trying to purchase a home for her to, to move into, and that fell through. So I have a lot of faith. So I was like, you know, backup plan will be for her to move here. But you know what? I'm, I'm willing to charge her even less than we had initially agreed on so that it looks even better when she goes to, to buy a home. So that's what we're doing right now. She just moved in, and this is the next person that's going to, you know I mean, continue the journey. We're going to document everything, and, and hopefully, not hopefully, in about a year or so, I will have another apprentice into a house. Now, now that's dope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like to me that you're really pumping and focusing on economic development. You know, like, and so from a wide scope, how do you see Break the Box affecting the whole economy in Austin abroad? Yes. Yeah. So how do you, how do you see that being connected to businesses, to schools, to education, to everything that's around it? Yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, I, I, ideally we can invest in anything that's in an opportunity zone. And we can actually invest outside of it. So let's say we purchase a whole bunch of houses within a zone, right? I can also purchase businesses within a zone. So yeah. what it looks like to me is you, okay. you want to do things that, that help to build the equity of the area. Right. And allow your equity to continue to grow. You know what I mean? And I thought a lot of that has to do with, you know, when it comes to our community, is realizing that being self-sufficient as a collective group is going to be extremely important to us changing the footing of how we walk forward in the future. And so to me, this is just, you know, part one. What I explained to you is actually just tier one. Mm. Tier two of the process is we buy parcels that are like brownstones. So think about like six or seven brownstones connected together with uh, the bottom floor being a business. But the businesses in, in the area would be focused on one particular, let's say, subject. Because, uh, you know, I, I call it like a campus idea. Mm-hmm. So let's say all those small businesses are focused on AI. So you put all AI businesses in this small area, and this is in a parcel in the city. And then you have affordable housing at the top, and potentially the top, the house that's at the very top, maybe that's a house that you charge premium money for. Long story short, the reason why you have all of those businesses at the bottom be a select business is because it also will be an incubator for knowledge. So what you would do is you would allocate each business to, to donate a, a portion of time per week for the community to learn about said business. And the reason why you want them all to be the same is because this is like a campus off campus, right? Yeah. So now you got now you got this campus where people can learn about, let's say, AI in the community because each business allocates five to ten hours, and you have a nonprofit anchor that regulates that. You got affordable housing right above it, and then you potentially utilize subsidies or the penthouse at the top to help subsidize affordable housing in the, in the middle. And then you put it in a very open place, and you make it very artsy, and it looks good, right? Mm-hmm. So it now becomes an attraction for the city. It's an incubator for closing the skills gap. It provides affordable housing. So once again, you're creating an equity ecosystem. So yeah. to me, that's what that's what all of these things are about. And then the last piece of the part I talked to you about first is like you always want to find the best ideas. So in order to do that, you continue to have this contest to say, hey, we're looking for the best ideas on how to utilize opportunity zones. The winner gets $20,000. And you know, now I can say, oh, I'm going to put you in this space to continue to incubate your business. And now that's something that we can potentially invest in as well. Because we're like they're they're headed on a good path. Let's 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 invest. Let's put equity into said business. Mm. So when you put the th- those three pieces together, that's really break the box. The first part is just what we're working on right now. So you put those three pieces together, that's like an ultimate equity ecosystem. Right. You continue to drive and build. You know what I mean? Innovation. Uh, you build learning. You build uh, not affordable housing, but an opportunity to continue to grow wealth. So affordable housing can 
can be good and bad. If I just give you something that's affordable that you can live in, what is the stipulation that you are going to continue to grow and try to get your own house? This that's right. not good. Right? To me, affordable housing is something like that. Plus, affordable housing typically has negative stigma. So if you were to talk to somebody who don't look like us, i.e. white people, et cetera, and you're like, hey, we're going to put affordable housing near your your houses. Most people are going to be like, hell no, you're not putting that over here. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, right. of, because, of what, because of what the stigma of affordable housing is. Whereas, you know what I mean? If I'm like, nah, I'm just buying houses and this is what we're going to do with it. That's a different connotation and it kind of changes the psychology and the approach. So it's almost, it's using the system to benefit the system. Because the the one thing that most people don't realize, or maybe they do and they just don't care, is that when you help this class group and you continue to help people grow well, it's beneficial to everybody. All the things that people complain about, they start to go away. Crime starts to go away. People's health gets better physically and mentally. People get more civically engaged. You know, people have a lot a better sense of stability. You start adding all these pieces into some of the nuances of the society that you see. Uh, those things begin to wane and begin to be smaller and smaller because people their needs are met. And when people's needs are met, they feel joy, they're happy, they feel secure, etc. But when we have unmet needs, we feel frustrated, anger. You know, it's a fight, fight or flight response. Yeah. So there's some some aspects to that, and, and and America has never come to the realization that everybody can win. And that we do live in abundance. And as you know, we waste a lot of things. We do. Uh, even thinking about Texas and the size of these houses, you know what I mean? Uh, how much space do we really need? You know what I mean? And can that space be utilized for other things? And those are some of the things that we're thinking about as well mm. as we progress into the future. And can we use that to leverage and continue to get more people in the house? And so, sounds yeah, good. that's it. Good. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, you're educating people. And you're also insulating them for a time that gives them the ability to grow. And then, like, long term, it just makes them feel more valuable, which brings peace and, you know, economic booming. Like it. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So now we're going to switch up a little bit, Cobles. Now, when I met you, like, probably in the last millennia, like, long time ago. Um, <laughs> it's been a minute, it's it was, been a which minute. I didn't realize until until you you said something. You're like, yeah, I remember when you were doing this. I'm like, now I know Trump a little bit longer. You know, I think I, like, damn, you remember all that? You're right. So you like yeah. doing? So when you say doing this, the this that I'm talking about is um everything. Like you produce music, you know, you've done bodybuilding. You wake up and be the president of Urban League if you want to. Um, but going back to your idea around selflessness. And you were giving back to young boys by teaching them how to produce music. Um, What is it do you think producing or creating music does for young people or anybody outside of the creative process? Like what type of skills do you think come from that process? And that's given, you know, skills that you've gotten from it that made you a better person. Yeah. So I think, you know, when we were doing that, doing that volunteer work in school in Atlanta, I think that my main goal was just to make sure that, that those boys realize, you know what I mean? You have the opportunity to do other things, you know what I mean? And just have a, a openness. So the creativity that it causes or that is needed to, to quote unquote create music is twofold. So first it's, these are the things and these are the realms in which you can achieve. But that creation part is just, that's just a part. It doesn't have to be music. It's just, these are the things that you do to create. And I think another piece that's vital is even though people think it's all sweet, it takes a lot of discipline. Mm-hmm. Right? So it, it takes a lot of discipline and, and forethought and you got to plan out. I remember when we were working with the boys and I, I told them, I said, the more you read, the better your lyrics are sound. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, because your vocabulary and your thought process grows. 
So it's also like to your point that you made earlier is as you continue to grow, you know what I mean? And you are in a place, you push the boundary and you, you learn more because as you learn more, it allows your thinking to be more dynamic for you to potentially be even more creative and, uh, and continue to utilize those traits to continue to grow and be, be, be very, once again, using the same word, but you'd be very dynamic in the things that you do in life. And, and also that lesson that, you don't you don't have to do what somebody tells you to do, man. You can do anything, and you can be you. You can do whatever be good you at want. Anything. Right. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. It, it's just a matter of whether you think you can do it, and whether you believe you can do it, whether you feel like you can do it, and then uh, and then following through. Because most people's success stories are typically the same. Everybody told them that they could or couldn't do it, and they did it anyway. Mm-hmm. They persevered. You know, what I mean, they had creativity, they had discipline, they had a variety of different things uh, that allowed them to continue to be. Uh, be successful. So that was one of the things that I think in, in that process of creating music and doing those things uh, is realizing that there is some level of dedication to it in time. And, and I think that's one of those things where, you know, when people are in it because they enjoy it, then the time kind of slips away and that illusion of time slips away. And I think that is a, a great lesson in itself. Because mm, once the illusion, yeah, the illusion of time slips away, then you, you might be in something that you truly enjoy. And uh, there's always a way to, to grow and you know, and, and utilize that to, to make money. But uh, you still have to be wise enough to continue to learn and grow and look at the different aspects of how you can, you know, attain the things that you want. So I like that, the illusion of time, because I think yeah. that, you know, we get on both sides of it. It's like, oh, you spend all your time doing that. Like, I enjoy it. But on the other side, yeah. it's like, you spend all your time doing that and you're wasting your time. So it's, it's, you're wasting your time. <laughs> it's, so it's, it's, it's a hard balance to strike, you know, to figure out which side of that uh, pendulum you're actually on. Yeah. Yeah. So Cobla, you're selfless, yeah. sir. Um, absolutely. Super, super dope. You have break the box to build wealth yeah. through uh, African-American communities. Um, just the whole economic development piece. Um You've learned to do more through discipline, and you gave that away to young boys created by creating music. And you're just an all-around badass, sir. <laughs> so, you know, like we appreciate you for doing that and being that, you know, just being yeah. super, super dope. Um, we like that, sir. We appreciate you. But now it's time to figure out if you know what's going on in these streets. Uh-oh. All right. What's the dopest? What's the dopest? What's the dopest according to you? You. What's the dopest? What's the dopest? What's the dopest according to you? All right, Cobla, we've reached a point in our show that we call What's the Dopest? This is the yeah. question where you have to get the answer right, and if you don't, we get to put you outside in the rain. You get to be embarrassed. I ain't worried about that. <laughs> you get to be embarrassed by all that great economy that you're building. Oh, people okay. get to right. people get to watch you wither. That's how it works. Oh, okay. Thank you for that. All right. So Cobla. Yeah. Who who's the dopest? Kanye or Just Blaze? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Kanye just later. You know what? Be honest. Uh oh. Yeah. Don't be honest. <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy because I, I don't know why people do that. Because I get over here. Why would you say to be honest? It's like, me. are you lying? Are, are you, you lying? Right. Yeah. Why would you say to be honest? To be honest. I think it's just, 
it's more of an emphasis. But it's like, why do you say that? What were you going to tell me before? Right, right. If you want an honest answer, no, I wanted you to lie. Like, what are you talking about? Why don't you tell me what your brother thinks, not what you think? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, right. I hear that nonsense. So I would say I have not always been a fan of Gus Blaze. Oh, okay. I think I think that doesn't mean I don't think he's a dope producer. Mm-hmm. I definitely think he's a dope producer, but I have not been a fan. And Kanye sometimes is very creative, and sometimes he is not creative. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I mean, he's kind of all over what, the place. What, yeah, sometimes what he chooses, et cetera. But I will give it to Kanye just because Kanye uh, was also an artist. Right. So if I were to say who's dopest, and then, you know what I mean, I'll say, okay, so you're creating track and you're an artist and you know i mean his early albums were dope so i'm, I'm gonna give it to kanye okay kanye because yeah. he's an artist you know so you know the production of lyrics are also a thing um, right, right, right. you know so, so like, he did two things he did two he things, did two things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know i just love just blaze from the point of he djs as well so that's kind of like that yeah no just, yeah just blaze is dope mm-hmm. yeah, like that overlap is just really really cool and you yeah, know, when I Blaze listen is. to like the old Rockefeller stuff, like Blueprint, I'm like, oh, Just Blaze just kind of sticks out, even though Kanye had the hits. You're right. <laughs> right, right. You know, Just Blaze right, had right. the bangers. You know what I'm saying? Just Blaze got number seven on there. You know what I'm saying? Like number seven, like you like you, right. know, you know, number three is always the <laughs> the radio single. It's like no. Oh, that's good. I've never analyzed it to that point. To be like, <laughs> third, third song is always a radio thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's good. And then you know, number seven is like you know. Just blade, you know, bang, just yeah, yeah. banging. Mm. Yeah, but you know, it's funny because you know, even when you speak about that, you know, I'm about that producer life. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because you're like, oh, this producer, that producer. I'm like, this dude is dope. This dude is dope too. Because remember, man, production is once you get to that status, and that's not a game. I've been in the the, the studio with producers, and I mean, watch them create. Mm-hmm. It's a dope process to see them. So, when the- so even when it's something that I don't necessarily think is good, they still put in that work. Right. I mean. Yeah. When are you going to produce some more music? That's a good question. Somebody asked me that the other day. One of the kids that I went to school with, and he was talking to me. He's like, man, when you create, he's like, it's just different. He's like, you know I me, mean? I've heard a lot of people's stuff, but when you when you really get after it, and he's like, just make me another track. He told me, he gave me that that uh, that direction. He's that like, push. Just, just mm-hmm. do me a favor. Yeah, he said, just make something. And I said, all right. Because I, 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 that is something that... Uh, yeah, I truly like. I truly enjoy that. When I'm in, like, zoned in on that, what? And I love doing that. I remember one dude. I was uh, this is before the beat battle and all that. Some dude heard me, and he's like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, <laughs> "I said, I said, I said, what do you mean?" He's like, "You're like a genius in the closet. Like nobody knows who you are. What are you doing?" I was like, "Man, I just make it because I enjoy it. I'm having a good time. Yeah, yeah, I just enjoy making music." He's like, "Man, you tripping." You know what I mean? Like, you need, people need to know what you're doing. It's funny, I let somebody listen to stuff, some stuff maybe like two months ago. And they were like, man, you could, you could put this on the radio today. And, and I was like, man, I've been when? a long time ago. And he's like, <laughs> and she, it, was a, it was a woman. She oh. was like, you can most certainly put this on. I know people who could use this today. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's dope. You know what I mean? And that's kind of, you know, you, you try to create so it's timeless. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm going to do I'm going to again soon sir <laughs> that's why i call you all around badass you just pick up whatever you want and be great at it mm-hmm. break the box uh-huh. music production uh <laughs> bodybuilding swimming bike riding i can still whip you at golf <laughs> but that's different 
So, Cobra, uh, what's what's next for you, sir? <clears throat> You've done all these great things. What what you got on on the plate next? Yeah, so that's the. I think uh, so. The next thing that's on the plate is you know continue to build build the uh, break the box. Because long story short, Sheffield, my vision for this is to be able to stand on the stage one day and be able to look out at all of the people that we were able to help mm-hmm. and literally like shed a tear. And shed a tear, right. Like that, right? But I think beyond that, I think the next goal beyond that is to begin to purchase and build uh, houses in areas where my friends and family are mm-hmm. and be able to travel uh, because I enjoy that. Like I enjoy coming to the A and, you know what I mean, just, just chilling and, and going to my house and, and being close to my family and going to D.C., you know what I mean, and going to Ghana and being able to reside in my own home mm. while I'm there. While I'm not there, you know what I mean, maybe um, – you know what I mean, Airbnb, et cetera. But I do think that that connectivity and being able to connect to folks. Somebody made mention of this the other day. I was on the phone with one of our friends. And he asked me if I knew somebody who, who did TED Talk. And I was like, no. And he was like, the way you connect with people, I'm pretty sure that you know somebody who does it. The thing that resonated, <laughs> yeah, the thing that resonated with me was he was just saying that when I meet people on the engagement level, the level of, I guess, love, so to speak, that I exude in terms of energy, it just creates this kind of connectivity and uh, it resonates with people. And uh, I think ultimately one of my, my jobs is to be uh, a translator, meaning you say something I can translate to somebody else in order so that there can be connectivity. And then my, uh, and then an ability for me to unlock the brilliance that's in each and every individual. Unlock right? the so if that brilliance. Was, if that was my, yeah, if that was like my superpower, that's what it would be. It would be like, I could touch you. And then in that moment, you could see how dope you are mm. and how brilliant you are. And then you would act on it. So I think I can do that. Um, and so that's the ultimate goal to be able to go places and unlock the brilliance that people, the genius that each person has that they may not be able to see, touch that person in some way that it's done, you know, me verbally through, you know, conversations, whatever. And unlock that brilliance and that greatness, especially when it comes to our kids, our youth, our people, um, because we're 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 superheroes. We just don't always know it. Now, now that's dope. Mm-hmm. All right, Cobla, tell the people where they can find you: Facebook, Instagram. You probably still got a MySpace. Yeah, are you on the Tinder, the Bumble? Uh, oh yeah, that's what that's, is that where I could be directing people to find me? Yeah, so if you want to find me, uh, go to uh, my Bumble profile. www.unlockthebrilliance.com. Swipe right on that thing, and you will be able to get in contact with me. Uh, no, so uh, you can find me. I'm on LinkedIn. I don't really. I'm on. I'm really not on social media. You're not, uh, sir, and it sucks. So, yeah, but you're gonna have to I'm post not. this on social media. That's the only way people are gonna listen to it. Oh well, excuse me. Maybe I'll do it because it's you. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I'm not on social media, but I am on LinkedIn. So you can just find me under Cobla today. And then Break the Box is on LinkedIn. Break the Box also has its own website. So it's www.breakthebox.io. You can find. Uh, you can go in and see everything that we're doing, as well as a couple of commercials and videos. So that's real dope. And other than that. Uh, those are probably the main forms to contact me, of course, you know, email, but you can find my email and all that information out on LinkedIn. All right. So, yeah. So that's about it, brother. Good, sir. So breaking the box, which is called break the box and that box and that, yeah, break the box. And of course you talked about this, those old mindsets and just doing better. Um, and keeping keeping breaking that thing down. Cause we talked about earlier, you said, if I wanted to, these muscles to go grow, I had to break them down. 
Yep. You know, so same thing with those mindsets. Keep breaking them down so that they can grow. Get some dip discipline so you can do more and continue being selfless so we can unlock the brilliance in others. We thank you for being so dope, sir. We thank you for coming here. We thank you for being a great friend to us all. And we're going to holler at you on the other side. Thank you for tuning in to Everyday Dope. We hope you were inspired to live in your dopeness and celebrate the dopeness around you. Don't forget to rate, review, and share with your crew. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter at My Everyday Dope. I'm your host, Mr. Sheffield, and we will see you on the other side. Up the other side. Oh, oh, up the other side. Oh, oh, up the other side. Now that's dope.